0: From the Alex Rebecca stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy. Oh, 2023 has <laughs> really now started. Now I've heard Johnny Gilbert with his axe uh, taking us into the year. And this episode of Inside Jeopardy, your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world world. Of Jeopardy, and we're going to talk about a lot of those today. I'm Michael Davies. I'm joined today by producer Sarah Foss.
1: Hello, Michael. Welcome back. We missed you here at the pod.
0: Thank you. I've been away. I took perhaps the longest vacation of my career. (laughs) I think I took two weeks off. Um, nobody's mentioned my suntan i've come here straight from the tennis courts I'm in my shorts and you my are very t-shirt Thank golden. you yes, thank you. you. Are. I appreciate it for those um, who
1: can't see what I can see yes. yeah golden tan gold uh, and
0: I know I haven't been on the podcast much in the uh, last month and a half. I was covering the World Cup in my other pod life, the men in Blazers show um I really do appreciate the in the Venn diagram of uh, fans of both pods is the people (laughs) I've got a special shout out to the GFOPs the uh, Men in Blazers pod fans who turned up to our various Men in Blazers live events all over the country um, and there are at least three or four at every event wearing their Jeopardy gear, saying that they were fans of both Inside Jeopardy and Men in Blazers. I really appreciated that.
1: I even had the chance to see one of your shows in Seattle.
0: You did. You came to one yes. of the live shows. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I learned. I learned a lot.
0: Yeah. It's a very it's a it's a very different world. I think I, I play a slightly different role on the Men in Blazers podcast. You are no Roger. Um, no, Roger Which I mean I mean very much As a compliment I, in I this understand
1: sense. it And I think It only took five minutes Before I had a beer Spilled on me too So it's a ruckus yeah. crowd there Yeah,
0: that is The, the Men in Blazers crowd There is a little bit More alcohol involved How was your break? I know you went uh, With your family To uh, Palm Desert I got your amazing Holiday card Which Aww. was just a Perhaps <laughs> uh, You might win an Emmy For your holiday card
1: Yeah, I don't think There's a category for that But a lot of work And effort goes into it uh, Every year And I, I appreciate that You know, we did kind of Let's pull back the curtain a bit. We may have recorded the episodes over the holiday break for the podcast before the holidays actually happened. Okay. I just, you were gone. That's so inside Jeopardy. Buzzy was going to head to Brazil. Brazil. I was going to head to Palm Desert. But nonetheless, this is the first time we've actually been here in the new year. Buzzy will be back with us next week. He is still in Brazil, but it was nice to have that family time. Not that we don't all love Jeopardy!, but it's nice to take a little break once in a while. I
0: found myself binging another quiz show over the holidays. Yeah, a British quiz show. And I've watched a little bit in the past, but I became properly addicted to Only Connect. Oh, yeah. A, and I know many of our exactly. uh, fans, our listeners many of our know exactly uh, what you're talking fans, about. but I, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out, could Only Connect ever work in the United States of America?
1: Or is it too British?
0: I'm very interested to know. Uh, I'm sure that the Jeopardy Reddit will light up with that kind of stuff because I'm inclined to, like, oh, give it a go. I don't own it. I believe the BBC own it. BBC have their own very fine production company. They don't need us to do anything. But I'm just... Interested in uh, What people think Of Only Connect Because I became Addicted to it Over the holidays
1: Alright I was just Catching up on White Lotus but, oh. I, <laughs> but I love That you were Doing your research On other uh, quiz shows I like it
0: Okay, I am so happy to be back. This is our first podcast in 2023. They're actually recording. I feel a responsibility to give some of my resolutions and revelations for 2023. None of this is the news that's going to break over (laughs) the next uh, few days, but I think it will give you a good sense and certainly give some meat for those sort of jeopardy (laughs) carnivores who want to feed off every piece of information, including the Sun newspaper uh, Ah, in the United States. These are the resolutions I spent a lot of time thinking about over the holiday break and uh, also working on and one of the things that i really had some time to do over the break is to really analyze what's going on with our ratings and particularly on the performance of the 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 not the new postseason but sort of jeopardy postseason 2.0 what we did yes. uh, with second chance and tournament of champions and it's pretty clear that the postseason really worked And it really worked, I think, for a lot of reasons. Extraordinary players, extraordinary gameplay. And I really, you know, hats off to the fans of Jeopardy who really engaged with us on social media. You know, just I felt really like we were watching it along with our audience, especially in those final uh, first of three, that that, that best of seven series with Amy and Sam and Andrew right at the end. And my first resolution is that we are going to expand the postseason next year. We had this sort of slightly weird thing where we we kicked off the regular season for five weeks, then we went into postseason, and then we came back and uh, went back into regular season again. I think what we're going to do next season, we're going to kick off the season with the postseason for last season, and then go into regular season thereafter. I think it'll work better. I think we've already got some great ideas on how we're going to expand the (laughs) postseason. and how we're going to build it. But I think the postseason really deserves it. I want to make clear, though, we do understand the value of new players getting the opportunity to get on the Alex Trebek stage and getting opportunities to go and play. And there will be so many opportunities. We make... I remember when I first took this job and I was like, how many weeks of original do we do? And uh, 46, Suzanne yeah. Preddy said 46, 46 weeks. I was like, wow, that is a lot of weeks. We could expand the postseason. You know, we could you know, expand it to nine weeks, 10 weeks, 11 weeks, whatever we decide, eight weeks. There would be plenty of weeks for regular gameplay still. But I think we're going to expand the postseason. I think it's going to be a really important thing.
1: And it may mean that we have less of some of the more traditional tournaments that we've had in the past because we are hearing our fans and our players say they want more chances for people to have that first time opportunity. And some of our tournaments in the past haven't allowed for necessarily a spot in the TOC. So this might be a way to have that balance.
0: Yeah, look, and I love, you know, Professors was one of my first tournaments here, and I love Professors. But to me, our very best Professors you tell me that Sam couldn't have competed on the regular show. He would have done brilliantly. And I think we also have now, you know, we're seeing Celebrity, which used to be a syndication tournament yes. now not very often but it was in syndication but celebrity yeah. now is a I believe a primetime fixture based on that show's performance so I believe we can take some of these other specials and maybe do them like college and maybe do them in primetime they won't be part of the syndication run so expanding the postseason building that out that's sort of my first resolution that's going to be a big thing this year the second thing Jeopardy Masters as you know this is my, <laughs> this is my baby this is my fondest dream this was my big You know, realization when I came into the job. And, of course, the timing, you know, you know, was so fortunate with the, you know, right at the back end of Matt and the advent of Amy, the coming of Matea, like all of these, you know, amazing players that we had. But it really did strike me that we have these pro level elite level players and our fans, you all out there and you tell us on social media the entire time you watch the show through these people I know sometimes you get tired of them and sometimes you want to go and watch new players <laughs> but really I just look at the ratings and when we have a super champion there in the mix and certainly when we had them playing against each other the quality of the programs the ratings of those programs the social media interaction the engagement with those programs it was off the charts
1: Sometimes you're just tuning in because you want them to lose, let's be honest. But yeah. you're still tuning in to see if that's the day that that super so, champion may be taken down.
0: So we're going to make Jeopardy Masters happen.
1: You heard it here. 2023, Michael Davies is going to make Masters happen.
0: Yeah, this um, we're far enough along, I, should, I would say, that <laughs> that isn't an insane resolution for me to make. But we're going to make Masters happen. That is going to be real. And therefore, what I've been spending the time in, you and I, uh, I think pretty much 99% of our messages to each other over the break, have been about, if we're doing masters for the first time, who are our current, current masters? Who are the people who are the Jeopardy masters? I'm sure the same conversation happened a few years ago for GOAT. Like, who were uh, who were the GOATs? But so who are the masters? What are going to be the the factors that go into that algorithm that will have us decide who goes and plays. I think there are some things that really do occur to me. I think that, you know, recency just like it is in most sports, Absolutely. you know, is a very, very important thing. So I think we look at that TOC. I think you look at a champion like Amy Snyder. I think you look at some of the people who gave her a real run for her money in the in the TOC, and I think you think, wow, they rank up there. They are really good on a recency basis. I think we've got to look at consecutive games won. That is the metric, you know. Nothing else, the the purity of having to go on that stage and win and win and win and win again. And now with the launch of data last year, we suddenly have so much other data, which is important, you know, that we're tracking constantly, you know, number of clues answered correctly. We see the buzzer data, which is not the only thing. You know, for years, I think people thought before we published it, it was going to be the only thing that mattered. It's not the only thing that mattered, but the number of times you make an attempt on the buzzer is really important. It says so much. It does say so much. And certainly in terms of like buzzer speed, you know, without we're still trying to figure out a way of how to publish that data and how to how to make it make sense. But buzzer speed, I can tell you that a player like Matea, not only from a point of view of competitors, they just could not believe how fast they were when they got in on the buzzer, but also just the statistics bear it out. Uh, when you go and look at it, you almost think that they might be in uh, Michael <laughs> Harris's brain uh, right. when they're buzzing the in the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that those are all really important factors, but we are working that out. And at the point that we announced Masters, believe me, there is... You know, like everything else at Jeopardy, it doesn't just go on a whim. It isn't just like (laughs) I make some proclamation from on high. There has been passionate debate about how we measure the competitors who will make that field when that is announced. And I think all of this goes to, so that's my second resolution is make masters happen and get the masters right uh, and build something which is permanent. I don't want to just like do masters and do it once like GOAT. I want Masters to be an annual event. I want that to be the pinnacle event at the top of the pyramid of all of Jeopardy. TOC is fabulous. TOC is amazing. But TOC is only for the players who competed on the Alex Trebek stage in the previous season. It is not for everybody. And I want to find a way to build a pyramid where everyone who has played Jeopardy in the last, we'll figure out the number of years, has a chance to compete again and build it. And to so that is my third thing. And this is not a promise. This is the thing that I really want to explore and something I've been spending a lot of time over the holidays thinking about. Why can't we build a ranking system in Jeopardy? You know, every other sport has rankings. You know, golf, if you play golf, you have probably a USGA handicap or a Roland Ancient handicap. Uh, If you play tennis, you know, I have a universal tennis rating. I have a USTA rating. I have all these things. We have enough data now on our players to build ratings and rankings. And I would really like to be able to rate and rank our players. And so I think everybody should have a sense. And then in the future, Sarah desperately wants to interrupt. And then in the future, (laughs) I would really like to see... Every elite player, highly ranked player who's ever come through the Alex Trebek stage, I would like to see them have a chance to go and compete again in pinnacle events in Masters.
1: I was just going to say that when you talk about this ranking, people might be saying, but you have the leaderboard of legends, but that's different categories. We're not looking at just consecutive games won or money won. We want to know with this new system, like the best of the best, the all around ranking system
0: yeah and contemporary and, and you know we, we really do have the you know the tools and the Jepa data that we're taking and and some more Jepa data that we're working on to go and you know separate people and i think the past players is a really important thing i think this is the other thing that you know this is a passion project for both sarah and i is to you know and we've had tournaments in the past in jeopardy where previous players and previous seasons have come back sure and i think we're just going to try and establish something again like that, but which fits into the pyramid and allows people to go and reclaim their seat and to get into Masters at the pinnacle,
1: and that it can be also an annual event, so that again it's yeah, it's a chance. Everyone knows Jeopardy is all about how you're playing in that moment, yeah. And we need to know who are the very best of the best in each given year. I'm so excited about it, and Masters. I think you may have mentioned, but this is a prime time event. Like yeah. this is going to be just like our goat, just yeah. like our celebrity, just like our college, like you're gonna be watching this in prime time, which to yeah. me is really exciting.
0: Yeah. No, we're really excited to um to to talk about this more. So my fifth resolution is gonna sound less exciting. It's gonna make less news, but nevertheless it is it is just so important for us to focus on Jeopardy. This year, and we're constantly reminded when we hear from you that you know you had problems accessing the correct episode on a certain day, or they, a show was preempted in your market, you know, for sports or for election coverage. You know, one thing we really need to do more at Jeopardy is build stronger relationships with our local stations. We have two hundred television stations who all across the country you know, uh, a few more than 200, actually, at uh, ABC stations in many of the major markets. But we've got some big CBS markets, too. Fantastic NBC stations, including one down the street in San Diego. Um, some Fox affiliates that are that are superb. Some independent stations in the mix. Some of them in tiny little towns, in tiny little markets. Um, yes,
1: a couple of them I worked in many yes, years ago but, in my uh, but, early broadcast but, uh, uh, news days.
0: These are our partners in bringing The Daily Show to you. And we need to build much strong relationships uh, with the stations. If anybody from the stations is listening to this, or please just get in touch. We, this is one of our resolutions. Just please get in touch with us. We want to we want to hear from you. We want to talk to you more. There used to be these huge events in the world of syndication. There was nappy I think this for the first year, NatP is cancelled. It's not even happening this year. Promax, Promax, yeah. Promax which has been the, the big event in Vegas every year. That's not happening anymore. We need to figure a way to bring our stations together, get them all here. Get them on the Alex Trebek stage and and work with them harder. Because honestly, without our stations, without our affiliates, we have no show. There's no way for you to access it. There's no way for you to watch it whatsoever.
1: Well, in terms of our show, the one that our affiliates provide, we know there's been a lot of discussion around the hosting schedule in the new year. And so we mm. want to just kind of let you know when you can watch Mayim, when you can watch Ken in the coming months. First off, Celebrity Jeopardy is back last Thursday. It's now on... Thursday nights, so that's yeah. exciting, and Mayim will be hosting that every Thursday, leading up to our huge finale on February 2nd, where three celebrity finalists will be battling it out for a $1 million prize donation for the charity that they are playing for. Of course, they're going to win the Celebrity Jeopardy! question mark trophy. And some pretty big bragging rights. So a lot at stake there. And then in the syndicated show... I like that
0: trophy, by the way. I think it's good right? looking. Yeah.
1: yeah. Wait till you guys see it. It's pretty, uh, pretty fantastic. And one person will be holding it come February 2nd. Over on the syndicated show, Ken is going to be hosting through January yeah. and into February before Mayim then takes over to host our high school reunion tournament. That's the one where we're very excited to welcome back 27 of our teen tournament participants back from season 35 when we had so many great players. They are now all in college, so we are excited to welcome them back. Yeah, And we had a great first week of shows that we need to discuss, Michael. So, you know, 2023, off to a great start.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm glad you're keeping uh, me honest on that promise that I made to inform everybody about the hosting rotation and and how that's working.
1: And originally we did think Mayim was going to come back in January. Obviously her Call Me Cat schedule. Yeah. It evolves. So we are seeing her a little later than we had anticipated, but not for any lack of wanting to have both of our hosts on the show as much as possible. Just scheduling. You know, Mayim is a busy, busy woman. Excited, though, to have her back in the new year for Celebrity Jeopardy. But as I mentioned, we have a first week of shows in 2023 to discuss. So cue the beep. Factors ready to eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to Factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at Factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. Oops. All right, for our first show of 2023, Ray Lalonde was seeking his 13th win against Denise Carlin and Chris Blair. This was a great game. Now, Denise dominated the Jeopardy round with 13 correct responses and a $2,000 daily double. So she got out to an early lead of $5,000 over Ray. He was able to take back the lead in double jeopardy with 14 correct responses. And this was despite him missing both daily doubles. So we head into final. He has just a $100 lead over Denise. Ken couldn't believe it. He said, "You were only at a thousand dollars a moment ago. So what a comeback for Ray! He wins, but boy, people on social media were talking about Denise Carlin. I have to think, Michael, she's a second chance candidate.
0: Yes, yeah, seems like a very good candidate for second chance on the the Funny, uh, first show responses. of the year. responses. Yeah,
1: you know, dominates a big champion. That was. Pretty incredible. One other great thing about this show was our category with author Eric Larson. Did have a chance to catch up with him when we recorded that. I want you to have a listen. Eric Larson, what is it like to be featured as a Clue presenter on Jeopardy?
0: It is an incredible honor because, you know, my wife and I have been Jeopardy fans for the 37 years that we've been married.
1: What's your thought on how the contestants will perform in your category?
0: I think they will ace it completely.
1: When you watch Jeopardy, what are some of your favorite categories to have come up?
0: My favorite categories are um, historical figures, places. Um, my least favorite categories are the things we you actually have to think.
1: <laughs> yeah, we make you do that on Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Is there one clue or final Jeopardy or something that stands out to you over the years that really stumped you or that, you know, made you learn something, anything that stands out?
0: I'm generally stumped by Final Jeopardy, so <laughs> it's all kind of a blur of stumping.
1: Well, we're thrilled to feature you on Jeopardy, and thanks for being a part of Inside Jeopardy.
0: My pleasure. It's delicious.
1: I have to say, this was such a fun shoot. We went into his home mm-hmm. in Manhattan with his wife. They are real fans of the show, Michael. They welcomed us <laughs> in. They had warm coffee, and it was a really Fun shoot, and he actually emailed after his category aired to say he had heard from people all over the world, and what a thrilling experience it was. Well, oh, I'm a so. real
0: fan of Eric Larson and his books. They are just uh, they are so terrific. I need to send him a message and yes. go and see him in Manhattan. I'd like to have coffee with Eric well, Larson too. I'm look, telling, look You a, can't have all the perks.
1: It's a very welcoming environment. Okay, I have good. to say. All right, moving on to Tuesday, Ray Lalonde going up against Claire Theoret and Lloyd C. This was, you know, a close round in the Jeopardy round. Ray ended just with a $5 lead, but double Jeopardy, it was great. All three players, they're just going back and forth and back and forth, all three of them. But Lloyd finishes with just a $490 lead. That's because he made a $5 wager in an earlier category. He didn't know much about food. He got it wrong. He said he's not a food guy. Ken kind of made fun of him, but Hey, you know what? He was laughing all the way to the finish line. But this game, so great, all three players finished with over $20,000. So again, we're looking at some potential second chance candidates this week. Have to think Claire is in the competition. I don't know if you saw Lloyd's social media, but he posted a picture with he and Ken Jennings from years ago at an audition Ken looks about 10, and Lloyd looks, I don't know, about 5. I mean, they're both so young. Um, He also posted a picture with Ray Lalonde saying, this is a photo of me and the guy who she told me not to worry about. I do want to point out that Ray had a great streak. You know, He was knocking down the door of the legend status. He had 13 wins, 80% correct of his daily doubles. Interestingly enough, he only had four runaways. So that made for so many of his games to be so exciting for a super champion. And I also want to point out, I did read something where people were wondering about contestants like Ray, who, you know, people were kind of making fun of a bit for the way that he was swaying, and he said he actually had a back issue, and it helped relieve it. So people were wondering, why don't we let them sit down? Please know, any contestant is given the opportunity to have a chair at any point. We would never make people stand, and you'll see even in the coming weeks that we had a contestant that did choose to yeah,
0: absolutely. to
1: sit you know after their performance they felt like that may be a better opportunity for them so we are not out there saying no you have to stand and play we want you to play at whatever is going to allow you to play at your very best
0: yeah look our contestant department are always you know asking questions and uh, inquiring as to the well-being of all of our contestants and making sure they're okay and 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 sitting down is absolutely uh, an option if they are struggling to go and play the game uh, standing up. You know, I'm going to miss Ray. I love Ray, and uh, looking forward to seeing him again when he comes back to Toc. You know, there a lot of some of the uh, conversation on social media is why don't you stop him from swaying? Why don't you do that? I got to tell you, and this this goes back to, you know, you know, probably it it's my point of view as a producer of these kind of shows when contestants come on and play for real money i really don't like telling them how to go and play the game once we've selected you and you're up on that stage and you're playing if you want to hold the buzzer in a certain way if you want to you know conduct yourself in a certain way if you want to sway if you want to do anything whether it's for a medical condition or not i'm just not really into the idea that i'm going to tell contestants how to go and be when they play the game and you know what some people might not like it, but I think it would be a pretty poor thing if we start establishing, you know, ways in which people have to hold themselves uh, behind those podiums.
1: Yes. Well, we say goodbye to Ray this way. It was fun to reach out. I was talking with Matea at one point before Ray debuted and I said, just wait, you've got a fellow Toronto, Ontario, Canadian that you'll be able to talk Jeopardy with. And they said, oh, my goodness, I'm so excited. I haven't had many, you know, fellow champions up (laughs) here in Canada. I have to head all the way down to visit Amy or other champions. So Ray and Matea, I think a bond will be formed, as is Mm. all of our Jeopardy community, once you have come and and played this game. Moving on to Wednesday, Lloyd C. going up against Francis Englert and Sarah Palmer. This was a really close game between Lloyd and Francis. And one part of this game I loved was in the interview, Lloyd talked about his love for sports talk radio and one of his favorites being Shannon Sharp. And then Shannon Sharp actually shared the clip on Twitter and said, y'all heard the man, I'm one of his faves. He's also a fan of the Seahawks. So of course, Ken being from Seattle, shouted that out as well. It was a tough final. It was tough for Sarah and Francis. The category was continental geography. Uh, the clue read, until a 1903 secession, this country's contiguous territory spanned two continents. Correct response was Colombia. Only Lloyd came up with the correct response. And then he admitted in the post-game chat that it was a total guess, actually. Whoa. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. He got it correct. He goes on to Thursday going up against Patrick Curran and Lois Casaleggi best part of this show I think is the bring it category a little nod to Sam Butry, our social and digital team actually posted a meme of Sam along with the category and it said what the board said versus what we saw along with who else misses Sam Buttry right about now I mean who can think of bring it without Sam just saying bring it Ken so that was a fun part of this game you know it was It was one of these games, unfortunately, not all three players made it to final. Lois was not able to play, but she actually tweeted over the weekend and said, winding up my Jeopardy week by giving thanks to you, Michael, at Embassy Davies, for instituting box scores for the game. I can feel good about 38 buzzer attempts, even though my 26% success rate sunk my chances.
0: Wow. Hashtag
1: Jeopardy, hashtag it's a sport.
0: Yeah, it happens. When you were talking about Wednesday's game and you are talking about final, One of the other things, you know, I think people who have followed my year and a half at Jeopardy are starting to understand my obsession with data. And one thing we've been looking at and digging into a lot is our final Jeopardy stats and how many times all three get final Jeopardy right, how many times nobody gets Jeopardy right, how many times one gets it right, how many times two gets it right. My preference is I think the best final Jeopardy games – Obviously, you never know which contestants are going to arrive with which material. There's a, you know, it's all luck of the draw. But I like it when only one person gets it right, or only two of them get it right. I like those too. are my, those are my favorites. Like I'm too. more of a one person <laughs> over two. Um, I don't like it when all three get it right. I don't think it was challenging enough. And when uh, nobody gets it right, I think it can be a bit, it can be a bit frustrating. But I'm very interested to hear uh, from you out there what should the percentage of times over a full season. How many times should it be a triple stumper? How many times should all three get it right? How many times should it be one? How many times should it be two? I think you start from a point of saying those should all be evenly distributed. Um, but maybe we would like more times. Certainly right now, the, the majority of times are one person gets one right or, or two people get them right. That seems to be the majority.
1: Although you have to know that those moments when no one gets it correct and you at home do – Or even me in the studio. Yeah, they're
0: the greatest moments of all time. I've never
1: felt more brilliant in my whole life. So I don't know if we want to rob people of that. But Uh, again, it's still going to happen. But that is a moment when you feel like the ultimate genius, I would say. Yeah, very true. All right, we're closing out the week with Patrick Curran going up against Caitlin Monasmith and Ruben D'Souza. And this game, you know, Patrick was headed in. He had a runaway in his first game. And guess what? He makes this one a runaway as well. He took control of this game in Double Jeopardy, got both daily doubles. It's tough to come up against someone when they're finding the daily doubles, when they're getting them correct, and when they're going into final with no one else able to catch them. So he's headed into the weekend yep. as a champion. But we have to take a look back at our last Celebrity Jeopardy game that aired on Thursday night in primetime. We had Michael Sarah going up against Brianne Howie and Zoe Chow. And this was the first you know we're in this new round this is group three and this was our first quarterfinal. so we're kind of on the road now to the final semi-final and that winner will head in to join Ike Barinholtz and Will Wheaton in the finals for a million dollars
0: yeah I'm an enormous fan of all three of yes. these uh of these players all three of these actors Michael a huge Jeopardy fan you know uh, was one of the first people to reach out to us when we announced Celebrity Jeopardy that he really wanted to play. Uh, for a while, there were celebrity friends of his who were going to play <laughs> yes. against him, who he's used to watching it with every week yes, and competing with very be the hard. Those yeah. Um, uh, Zoe Chow is an actress who I've just loved almost everything she's ever done and been in, went to Brown, really bright person. I think it's very funny, her stories about her, uh, her father's reaction. Oh, yes. When she when found out said, that.
1: You shouldn't do it. Yeah, that it was concerned. going on the show. This yeah. feels like the least friendly Zoe activity you could dream of, he said.
0: Yeah. And, and Brianne Howie, another, you know, really, you know, just smart player. But Michael took them on this show. Michael did really, really well. And, you know, looking forward to seeing his next performance in the semifinals.
1: Yeah, certainly going in, having a runaway in this game. You have to think he's a strong contender for the semis, but you never know what will happen in Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, it is time to move on to our viewer. Do
0: you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girl? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. any obligations 9761 on reddit asks <laughs> how are jeopardy contestant pairings decided is it random or is there some factoring in of personality test score etc i couldn't find anything uh, answering this from a google search started wondering because of the increase of super champions in recent years
1: How it works is each of our contestants are booked for a a tape session, usually two tape days for 10 shows. And we book a group of 12 to 15 people. So when we're booking that group, we take into account geography, gender, personality, even first names. We don't want to have, you know, that group come and have two Daves or two Michaels. It would be really confusing. Mm -hmm. And then from there, there's a random selection that is done before each show for that individual show matchup. And that's done by our standards and practices representative. So the group, you know, we try to get as great of a variety as possible to have for those given tape days. And then our standards and practices person actually randomly selects who will go up against each other in each game. Hope that answers the question. Yeah,
0: look, there are so many factors that go into the selection of Jeopardy contestants. Test scores, you know, are paramount probably uh, within them. Geography is one thing that, you know, we're spending a lot more time thinking of, of looking at. You know, when I talked earlier about our television stations. You know, we need to make sure that markets that carry jeopardy are represented with contestants. You know, we have to represent the entire country on this show. That's uh, that's very, very important. And um, a real uh, mission of our contestant department in uh, in 2023 to continue to represent our entire audience. That's a very important thing. OK, LaDain asks, I have a question about how you keep the results of games secret until airtime. I would imagine that contestants and staff sign contracts that obligate them not to reveal anything. But what about the studio audience?
1: Well, LaDain, this is something that I love so much about our Jeopardy fans. They come to the studio audience. Jimmy McGuire asks them as our audience warm up, enjoy these shows. Don't share let people enjoy them when they air. And amazingly, people do just that. And Ken always says at the end of his hosting on that day, which was what Alex used to always say, go home, don't tell anyone you were here, watch the show, get all the responses correct, and then people will just think you're brilliant. So I joke, but honestly, I think that's what's so special about it, is that people don't want to spoil it for other people they know how much they love watching this show playing along and not knowing the outcome and so they preserve that for people and we've been really lucky that even when we have super champions even when we have tournaments that it's been very rare that any results have ever been leaked
0: yeah the um certainly our contestants sign contracts that that say this is secret I think in our staff i'm not sure i think it's just implicit to working here i'm not right. sure that the staff usually sign on the contracts. bigger you know yeah.
1: like goat and things we're Absolutely. asked to sign that but
0: very true okay well that brings us to the end of today's show right sarah oh
1: my goodness i can't believe it's done but thank you so much for joining us here next week we're going to discuss well more great gameplay and of course the next celebrity quarterfinal game with Patton oswalt candace parker and tori devito
0: yeah Uh, we may have some other news to discuss also as always Ah. please make sure to subscribe rate us leave us a comment share across social follow us at jeopardy on twitter on instagram on facebook on youtube and on tiktok we're gonna see you next week take us out johnny